0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me down the King Power Stadium today, as, as ever, is Jordan Blackwell. Good afternoon, my, Rob. My colleague and Leicester City supporter. Uh, we've been down the stadium today for Clawpwell's pre match press conference for the trip to Wolverhampton Wanderers on Saturday. And uh, we'll start off in the
0: usual way with a bit of team news and there's a bit of surprising team news. Yes, uh, Johnny Evans is fit. Um, mm. If you listened last week you'll know that six uh, weeks. he was brought wr- out for six weeks uh, with a broken little toe. Um, it seems that that's not the case. The said today that the injury is not as serious as first thought. Uh, and that he's training in his fit and will be in the squad uh, on Saturday. So, um, good news on that front. Uh, yeah,
1: a former West Bromwich Albion captain well, could yeah. possibly
0: be lining up against Wolverhampton Wanderers.
1: That'll certainly increase the temperature inside Molyneux on uh, on Saturday morning you probably need the temperature rising because it's going to be <laughs> freezing on uh, on Saturday from what we know um, now there's been a bit of fun and games down the training ground there's been a bit of a dark cloud hanging over the club um, following the defeat to Southampton here last weekend and the FA Cup exit in Newport County and the home defeat to <laughs> Cardiff City that's sort of uh, created this uh, negativity around the club but uh, one of Leicester City's stalwarts has tried
0: his best to try and ease that tension a little bit in a ra- ra- rather unique fashion. Yes, I, I'm going to say that most people will have seen it by now, but if you've not, uh, there is a clip of uh, Jamie Vardy dressed head to toe as Spider-Man, mask and all, uh, jumping out from behind a bush <laughs> to try and surprise uh, Puel. Um also, bring a a little bit of uh, light-hearted humour to the to the training ground, and Paul, Paul was uh, quite pleased about it. He was sort of happy that um, they started off the training session with a with a smile on everyone's face. Um, so yeah, it was certainly a bit odd, but obviously worked quite well to bring a bit of positivity. Yeah,
1: and he did the warm up, didn't he, in the suit? Yes, but yeah. then uh, had to uh, de robe and uh, go back to being your everyday Paul Peter Parker type character <laughs> uh, for the rest of the uh, the training session, but. I can see what he's trying to do. He's just trying to lift the mood, isn't he? Relax everybody because there is a bit of tension around the place. Even though City are eighth in the table, there is a lot of fans who are not impressed with Claude himself and the tactics and, and certainly the performances at home. And there's a bit, That's the problem for him, isn't it? It's the home performances yeah. that have created a, a lot of the problems because the fans want to see City on the front foot at home taking the game to teams. And if they don't see them away from home, where they have been more effective... They're going to get one image of Leicester City, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I
0: think I think that's it. I think it's the it's sort of poor results uh, paired with sort of lack of entertainment. I think there's not been they have not been able to create as many chances as they they do away from home, where they can perhaps counter a little bit more. Um, and we essentially been talking about the same issue, you know, since Puyla And I'm I right, think we will until the end yeah, of the season. I think it's just they're they're really struggling to break down teams that like to defend. And in games against Southampton, uh, against like Southampton, where they concede early, that's going to make it even more difficult for them. So that that seemed to be the, the key point that Powell was sitting on today, that it's about making the starts better. But he did, he did own up. He said it is his responsibility if fans are annoyed um, and irritated um, because it says it's his job to make sure the team plays well enough and, and gets the good results. So he did... I'm not sure we've seen that too much from him, but he, he did today accept responsibility for that and he hopes to um, to make fans happier soon with some decent home performances. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's, this week there's been a lot of speculation around Brendan Rodgers being lined up yeah. as a replacement for Claude and uh, both managers have had their say on that t- today. I mean, Brendan... Uh, Rather unusually, he said he was focused on Celtic, which was not unusual, totally expected. But then he started to talk at length about what a good club Leicester City was, (laughs) which uh, was interesting. Yeah, Uh, interesting to hear It adds fuel to the fire. It does, does. it certainly does. And I personally feel that he probably thinks it is time for a new challenge. And he probably fancies a Leicester City job. And who wouldn't? Let's be honest. They're a club with, uh, although they've experienced um, horrific trauma with the death of the chairman, Chai. It's still a club that's cash-rich, a club that's ambitious, a club that's developing the training ground and the stadium. And Claude, let's be give Claude some credit here. He's building a very young uh, squad that's British-based and has got plenty of potential to improve in the future.
0: Yeah, I, I totally understand if, if Rogers did want it. I know he's being coy about it. But if Rogers did want the job, I think it's a, a, a good job for any um, manager that wants to, to manage in England and... and and progress because, like you say, they have got they have got that ambition. Um, so yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think there's lots of, been lots of talk about whether uh, a move from Celtic to Leicester is a step down or a step up. But I think I think quite clearly it's a step up. I would say. I think. Well, I think the, the Premier League. Yeah, I think S- S- F- compared to it's just a little bit. It, it's not. It's a little bit weaker now, isn't it? And although. You don't necessarily get guaranteed football with guaranteed European football with Leicester like you would at Celtic. Um, I think yeah, I think it would be a step up. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't interested. But obviously that's all. Yeah, because Claude's still in the yeah. job. Claude, yeah. I mean I know there's a lot of fans
1: that want him out, that want to change for whatever reason that is. Whether it is just the performances that they see at home, whether it is the way he comes across sometimes in the media um that they, they they've set, made their minds up haven't they they've um, they've decided they want to change. Uh, it all depends on how big that number grows to and what sort of and how that sort of frustration manifests itself in the coming weeks because they've got some tricky games coming up. But I actually think these games might suit Puel and and Leicester and his uh, his style of play. I mean it's been thrown at him these negative and um, and p- perhaps playing those th- the three man midfield he played against Southampton was overly cautious mm, yeah. but he did play with Madison and two holding midfield players against Cardiff and it was the same, a similar outcome and there was a uniqueness about that Southampton game in the fact that they were architects of their own downfall in such a horrific way Papi Mendy will never make two more glaring errors in his career in one game I don't think well I hope he doesn't no. um, uh, to hand the Saints because they didn't have to work for any of their goals and and they weren't really put under that much
0: pressure when they were down to ten men defending inside their own box either. No, I think that, I think you're right there. I think although Puel took the criticism for the silencing game and and probably rightly should, I think it got the situation they were put in a difficult situation by individual errors. Um, I think if there's anything to to criticise Puel for is that in the second half when they had. Uh, the possession and you know indeed he scored fairly early on. Uh, it was what fifty-seven minutes in, yes, so they half had half an hour to go. Had half an hour to get a, a second goal and get an equaliser. Um, they it was from that point that they didn't create enough chances and that was the big disappointment. It seemed, I mean, it seemed like such an obvious fix that they you know they'd found a, a route in behind, um, you know, playing wide to Ricardo and him crossing uh, sort of low and hard, mm-hmm. um, and they just didn't seem to go for that. They sort of kept dinking the ball in and Vestergaard and Bednarek would just head it out and it was sort of camped around the edge of the area but with nobody really getting on the ball in the area um, other than maybe Barnes um, so it's yeah, that was where was where Leicester uh, let the fans down I would say and I think it's where they have consistently let the fans down at home. Well I think a lot of that is
1: down to a lack of experience uh, and I've said it in the Mercury a few times now I'd love to see Leicester City bring in somebody not panic by not to go and and break the bank, but bring in somebody with experience playing centre midfield that can keep them calm, keep them composed. Because I just think that's sometimes with youngsters, they get so um, uptight about the situation. They'll go for it and they'll just lump balls in the box and they'll try and get bodies in the box, even though sometimes that's not the best way to go about it you, if, you, if you just be a bit more measured about it. Because if you go into the box, they're going to drag more of their... Players back in the box, and it just becomes a bit of a mess. And you need to find some space. Uh, we saw it a little bit, a bit of composure with Ricardo for the goal for Nididi, getting to the byline, pulling the ball back, um, nullifying the physical stature of the yeah. Saints defenders, and it and it paid off. I just think a little bit more composure uh, and calmness in midfield will help these youngsters. Yeah, I, I I
0: I think so too. But I think that I feel like. <laughs> Mendy has quite a lot of that. Obviously, he was subbed off mm-hmm. after the um, for the second half. Yeah, he had half. a shocker, that, didn't he? But he did yeah. have a shocker, and if they were going to sub any of the three mid-centre midfielders mm-hmm. off, he was the right one to take off. Um, but I do feel he offers a li- little bit more composure. I do think he, he is pretty decent on the ball. But yeah, I think you're right. It's about young players tend to get wrapped up in the frustrations of the crowd because you can. Yeah. You know you could feel it even yeah. from where we were sitting in the uh, in the press on the press benches, you could feel that the tension gradually rising among among supporters. Um and I think that young players get wrapped up in that. Whereas the more experienced players will completely shut that out and will play the same game they always play. I'd be tempted to say someone like Ibora might have been <laughs> uh, quite good at that, but obviously he's no longer yeah. at the club. Yeah. Um so yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. Although I would say I'd like to see a more experienced Mm. centre-forward. I know they've got that in Vardy, but maybe a different type of... uh, Yeah, they need a different option, don't they? Yeah. I mean, if they are going to
1: put balls in the box, Vardy's not the man to fire the high balls in for, is he? And, uh, you know, you need somebody like a Joa or a Slomani that City have had before in the past that have got a bit of ability in the air, a bit of physical stature in the air. Um, But it was all very, very frustrating. But on that, that point about possible new arrivals or the lack of... Um, Claude's again been asked about the transfer window. And this is the first time, although he's consistently said they're not really looking to bring anybody in, this is the first time that he said that they're always looking to see if there are possibilities. Um, so, you know, they are having a look around the market, seeing if there is anything, but they're not in any sort of panic or rush to bring anybody in. I mean, they're not fighting relegation. Then It's not like the sides down the bottom of the are thinking, Desperately got to get some yeah. bodies in to give us a boost to try and give us a chance of staying in the division. Um, so I, unless it comes up a, a, an absolute bargain of it or a player that he feels will give City something over the next few
0: years rather than in the next six months, um, I, I still don't think they're going to bring anybody in. No, I think that's exactly. It. I think it's the the it's a it's a window for the desperate. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's, there are teams in relegation battles that have to take a gamble on a player. Um, because they need them to to survive. Leicester don't have that sort of problem. Um, So yes, he said they are still looking at players, but I think he seems to suggest it's more with a view to them maybe looking at buying them in the summer. Um, Because he said he wouldn't want to take a gamble on any player when they've not scouted them enough, and they've not watched them enough, and they don't know enough about them, to make sure that they can be a hit. Um, He did say that he would potentially bring in a younger player that could then sort of almost you're giving them a six months head start to adapt and then they then there'll be a key player from the next season. Um but I think as you said before, it's finding the right price as well I think is a, is a big deal in January. It's more difficult to do that. Um so I can't see any signings imminently. I think he'll a bit he'd have been a bit more open about possible signings if one was going to come in well about possible departures we've seen Vicente
1: go, we've seen Vicente to go out and loan uh, we're expecting Adrian Silva to be the subject so been, there's a lot of reports of Fenerbahce are still trying to do a deal um, to take uh, the, the other sporting former sporting yeah. uh, player because they've already got Slomani uh, and Andy King um, but Shinji Okazaki uh, has been in the, the media quite a bit this week um, I spoke to him a few weeks ago and he said he was ready for a new challenge, Where I thought he was referring to the end of the season. Do you think there's a possibility that Shinji
0: could be on his way in January? Uh, Powell seems to suggest not uh, today. I think mm. he, he seemed to focus on the idea that he's happy with Shinji being in his squad. I think of all the players that we were expecting to leave, I mean, we've seen Diabate go, he played one Premier League game in the first half of the season. Silver played a couple at the start of the season. King's not played any of them at all. Ibora, we've spoken about, is slightly different because I think there was a, an opportunity arose there to to recoup some money for a player that wasn't playing all that much and hadn't settled. But I think Okazaki, although he's not played as much, he's always been in and around the squad. Um, so I think there's a he's certainly more of a key player than those other than the likes of King and Silver. Um, and I think. Puel may then want to keep hold of him because of that Um, but obviously he's only got six months left in his contract he is out of contract in the summer at that point you would assume he's not going to get a new contract from Leicester and he's going to be able to leave for free if they were to sell him now they could get a a little bit of money for him Um, so that's interesting but I would say as things stand based on what Puel said today about 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 him being happy with him in in Okazaki and his squad, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, we know there's been interest from some Premiership sides
1: for for Shinji. Huddersfield reported to have a bid rejected, which I wouldn't be surprised if that was correct. Uh, but from what I understand, as well from just talking to people who talk to Shinji on a regular basis, um, he quite fancies. Uh, playing in either Spain or Italy you know one of the southern European countries where the pace of the game is a bit slower because and he said this to me when I interviewed him a few weeks ago he um, he wants to play in the next world Cup mm. which I think we 're taking up to 35, 30? Yeah, yeah, so have, thirty yeah. mid 30s anyway um, so obviously he doesn 't want a it. football it 's going to be <laughs> too demanding on his body if he 's got that in in mind and that might be
0: a you know, a better move for him yeah, I think so. I think there's um, I think we've seen that generally, the Japanese players that get into the the squads aren't the, the ones that are playing in Europe because it's a, a higher level football than the the domestic league. Um, and we've seen, a, I think a, we've seen a lot of a fair amount of Japanese players in Germany, uh, but there are some in Spain now. Um, I think there are, some, there are some playing in Italy as well. So there's obviously. Um, obviously they're they're broadening their horizons as a squad and there's lots of players around. Um, So I'm sure he would be able to to adjust to any team um, he joined, but I think it's about convincing the team that he's a a top-flight team that he can still um,
1: offer something. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Wolves then. Mm -hmm. Um, What have you made of Wolves this season? First season, back in the Premier League, we know all about what, what they do off the pitch with Jorge Mendes and all these Players that he's um, got access to that are coming in—they've got some good players, haven't they? Ruben Neves and Jamesinho and some top players there. Yeah, I think they're really,
0: really good. Um, I think they've been—they've uh, got really good sort of defensive setup. Well, um, oh, they're going to miss Bolly because he got. The yes, rest they are of going to miss Bolly. Yeah, that's going to be a problem for him. Isn't yeah, it? and they've not—they've decided not to appeal that as well. So mm. that's he will be suspended. Um, but I think in general they've got a, a decent setup because. They've kind of stuck with the same defence that got them all, got them promoted and, and did well in the championship. I think we've seen Fulham who basically replaced their whole defence, mm. um, struggled defensively. But Wolves, you know Connor Cody and Matt Doherty at right, right wing back and stuff like that. They've got um, they've got a, a, a core group of players there that have, have still been at the team a while. Um, so I think that helps them. They like to play on the break. Um, I think they've they've obviously got quality in that. In that midfield too that you mentioned there, Neves and who can kind of—they're mm. good enough defensively, but they—they they can break uh, break the lines as well with their passing. And um, yeah, and, they, and they've got a, a, you know no matter who they play in the front three, whether it's Yotta or Treore or and obviously Jimenez will probably be uh, the main striker. I think they've they've got a, they've got loads of quality there as well. So I think it's going to be really tough. I would, i thought at the start of the season that Wolves looked like Leicester's main contender, main rival for seventh spot. Um, so uh, I, I think, although it's very tight, I think I would still probably put them
1: uh, uh, as favourite for that. Interesting, though, that their, their season's sort of gone in a similar fashion to Leicester's. Away from home, they're good <coughs> yeah. on the counter-attack like Leicester. At home, they struggle. Uh, they've lost to Huddersfield, is it Palace as well at home. Yeah. Um, so they've had a few rough uh, results on home soil, um, similar to Leicester, when sides sit deep, defend, and try and hit them on the counter attack, they seem to struggle to find the uh, the inspiration to open up um, stubborn defences. And uh, well, that that not surely that
0: must um, feed into Leicester City yeah. Chance. I think so. Yeah, I think it will it will benefit Leicester. I think the last game I can remember Leicester playing where it felt like both teams wanted to counter-attack it was the Watford game at the start of December mm. when Leicester managed to get an early lead through a, a Vardy penalty and then Madison scored that really, really good goal. Um, but Watford were still having plenty of chances as well and it seemed it was a bit of you know, a back and forth. Um, the sort of recent wins that Leicester got against Chelsea and Man City felt like Leicester were sitting was sort of under the cosh a little bit and breaking out when they can but that Watford game felt sort of mm-hmm. back and forth end to end uh, and I think that's the sort of game we'll see at, at Molyneux on Saturday. Um, so, and as always with a Leicester game, I think it's going to be whoever sticks the ball in the net first, is, is um, we'll sort of take control and, and we'll be able to to counter more effectively then because the other team has to come out more. I mean,
1: yes, Leicester don't score many goals, but they don't
0: concede many either. No, no, so, no at all. So it'll be an interesting,
1: uh, well, I was going to say interesting afternoon. Well, it will be an afternoon because you've got 12.30 kick-off. It's a nice early start. Um If for some reason you can't see it on the telly, um, you can follow all the action with Joe Wooden's live blog from Molyneux. Um, We'll be there giving you all the uh, updates from the game and around the game and what's been going on the day, and then bringing you all the reaction as well on Leicestershire Live. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong.